this week. And you made it through all the ice and the snow, and you made it through the cold. And the Lord's brought us here together this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. You warm my heart. And you warm my heart. You're missing one this morning. <laughs> I can see some others we're missing too. We're missing my wife. She hasn't divorced me. I gave her a center to the stockyard building Fort Worth for a meeting. So, you know, you see some steak, that's probably worth it too. It is good to have each of you, and uh, I'm so glad that the Lord has brought you to this place this morning, through this hour of worship. This, perhaps, is the most important hour of your work week, of your week, of your rest week, right now, spending time worshiping. In our songs, in our scriptures, in our prayers, and even in the sermon, uh, God is to be worshipped. Announcements. You have brought your gifts this morning. You please go to that little box back there and, and put your tithes and offerings or put it on, send it in through, uh, through uh, our website. Very important. Without your support, without your gifts, without your tithes, our church is unable to do some of the things that we do as in ministry. You are important, and what God has given you to give back to Him is so very important. So thank you. Today at two o'clock at the church council meeting, I hope I you have all got that message this week that's supposed to be there. Church council meeting at two o'clock. Wednesday night, I've got to go over to Fort Worth to the stockyards and retrieve my wife. Carmen's going to be here and sharing in Bible study, and I appreciate Carmen so much. Uh, where is Carmen? Oh, there you are. <laughs> I got to talk to her. <laughs> but uh, Carmen's going to be here Wednesday night, and I hope that you'll come and support him as he shares with you. We, we are privileged to have leadership in this church, and I appreciate Carmen so much. Carmen's getting ready to go on a missions trip down to uh, Central America, and we want to remember him during the time, and uh, I think he's going to share in a couple weeks, just a couple minutes. I mean, uh, in one of our services before we go, so look forward to that. Next Sunday, we'll be back in worship, and remember, in, in Grace Place, is on Monday, January 29th. We're looking for some volunteers. You can volunteer for that. Please sign up in the foyer. We appreciate that very much. And then on February 10th and 11th, last week I told you to share with you that I believe I'm, I am very convicted about the, the idea of faith promise. It's associated with every everything a church does. And uh, that weekend is a very important weekend for our, our church. And uh, Reverend Don Dennison is going to, to be here. And I'll be, I've got a copy of his bio. I'll be sharing with the church council this afternoon. Uh, but uh, he's one of my, my mentors. And 
graduated from the same high school. If you want to know how I lived when I was young, just don't ask him any questions. And he'll tell you no lies. So please make note of our, our schedule for that week. I hope that you'll be here tonight, maybe the most important weekend in the life of this church since I've been here. And uh, so please, please try to be that if you possibly can. God is good. We are here to worship Him. And I'd like you to stand as we sing hallelujah. Praise Jehovah.
Have you ever been to Louisiana before? And I said, not really. 
be saying, as I said, that there are 14, at least 14, let us statements that are made in the book of Hebrews. And they are statements that be an encouragement to the body of Christ. Last week, we looked at chapter 4, to the last statements there, where we talked about, let us enter into the rest of our relationship with Jesus. We ought to say, let us hold firm to what we believe. And we shared together the Apostles' Creed, that creed, that, 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 that uh, set of beliefs that the early church uh, built their congregation on, built their churches on. And then we talked about, let us, so then let us enter before God's throne to receive his grace and glory. Today we're going to talk about something that I know nothing about. Let us press on to maturity. Now, I don't know how many of you think that you're mature this morning. I, I, I find it sometimes in my life, and I think, boy, I am really mature. I have really learned. And then I would think, how stupid could I be? Are you ever that way? I still got so much more to learn. So much more to grow. Uh, we're going to be reading from chapter 6 of, of Hebrews, the first three verses. But a leading to those three verses are this. In chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews has said, we have become dull of hearing. That means we don't really take what we hear really serious. And then he goes on, he said, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have needed again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So now I take you into the remedy for what the writer has just said about becoming dull of hearing and nurturing ourselves with just the milk instead of the solid food of, the, of, the, of our spiritual life. And he says, let us, y'all say that after me, let us, and y'all walk with me, let us, and we say let us after that. Yeah. Very good, Barbara. Listen to the teacher. Let us. Let us. Hey, now you got it. Now I think you're in the same boat with me. Hopefully you're on the steamboat. Chapter 1, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ. Hear that? Leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ. Let us, say it again, let, let us. us, press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, or instruction about washings, and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgments. Verse 3, and this we all shall do if God permits. Now I would have to ask 
goodness. I wish I would have understood that back when I was pastoring, when I was 23 and 24 and 25 years, Carmen can tell you. We've come a long ways, baby. <laughs> God's been good and he has brought us as, as we have committed our lives, folks, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we move a step at a time. And sometimes it's baby steps. Most of the time, it's baby steps moving towards God and away from the world. Maturity is having the ability to change and adapt to our circumstances. Maturity always adds value to others and to yourself. Let me tell you a couple things that maturity is not. Maturity is not knowing more than someone else. You know anybody like that? They got all the answers. You enter a conversation, Gene, I'm not talking about you this morning. I know it, I don't know. 
You'll name it. That may be maturity. I don't know. But let me say this morning a few things about maturity. Maturity moves us. It's a steamboat within us. As we grow in Christ, it's a steamboat within us. It's an energy in us that is produced by the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives us the learning ability. It gives us the authority ability. You know, one thing I pray for every Sunday, I, I know I'm, I, I can be a clown sometimes. I, I, I know none of you realize that. But, but I, I can be a clown sometimes, but I can be act mature sometimes. But I pray every Sunday morning. Some people don't know why I get here early and I go to my office and I don't speak to many people before service. I spoke to you years of the love you want. <laughs> Not really. But I always pray, Lord, empty me of myself and give me the authority and power of the Holy Spirit to speak your word. You see, the Lord knows what you and I need to hear this morning. And when that maturity comes within us, it moves us. It moves us from selfishness to humility. It's hard to come. It's perfect in every way, isn't it? I heard that amen over there. You know, in our society, we become so attached to ourselves. You know, you know what I mean? Hey, we look at ourselves in the mirror every morning to see how we look. To see how other people are going to look at us. We go through life with our self-interest. We want to make sure our retirement accounts are, uh, are, are, are taken care of. We want to know that our basic needs are, are important. You see, we're, we're people are very selfish. They're concerned about ourselves rather than others. And when we become mature in Christ, it moves us from this selfishness to a state of humility. You remember the song, You're So Vain. You probably think this song is about you, don't you, Gene? <laughs>
on it, and then you want me to come back over there and pick you up? I said, you realize that's a lot of property. And we started quarreling about it, and she said, well, what do you want me to do? Take the bus? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told her this was confession time. I'm repenting right now. <laughs>
All of a sudden, these young people that just got married decided to have babies. I don't know what it was, but they all started having babies at the same time. Wouldn't you know it? And what a wretch. And some of these younger couples came to my dad and said, but masters said, what, can we build a nursery on the back of the church and have a class so we can see the service, but be able to keep our children in the nursery? And my dad said, that'd be a great idea. And he took it to his board. And there was one man on the board. We don't need those babies in the nursery. We need them to be worshiping with their families. And he grew up baby. Yes, he did enough. The long of the, the short of the, the short of the long, or the long of the short, whatever. The end of the story was. They didn't build the nursery on the back. They decided not to have the nursery, and you know what happened? Just about every one of those young couples left the church. Because somebody was stubborn, and they tried, they caused an invasion in the church. I know that's not ever happened here. But some of the things, the silly things that cause us division is not godlike. And when maturity comes into the family of God, it moves us from our divisiveness to our unity, pulling together and growing together. Hey, maturity moves us from unreconciled relationships to healing. I've known some of it who I thought were the most mature people in the church. Been a Christian for years. And they had unreconciled relationships in their life. And they literally became stumbling blocks in their life in coming to Jesus. Maturity moves us out of those unreconciled relationships. Maturity moves us from unforgiveness to forgiveness. Listen, if God can forgive you, we must also forgive others. If we're going to be like Jesus. If we're going to move to be like Christ. And put behind us the elementary teachings. And move on to the deeper things of God. Understanding him. And to be like him. We must move from unforgiveness. To forgiveness. Maturity is the manifestation of the love of Christ. Whatever the circumstances in your life and in my life this morning, maturity comes out of, the love, out of the love of Christ in every circumstances we find ourselves in. We find ourselves speaking love. We find ourselves giving grace. We find ourselves giving mercy. We find ourselves giving wisdom and understanding and compassion in all circumstances. Not part of the circumstances, but every circumstance. I had a man in one of my churches. He was an older man, and he was a man that I respected. In fact, he was the head of the pulpit committee. And, and he told me in one Sunday, I preached on, on sanctification. What it meant to be a sanctified Christian. And he said, oh, Brother Dan, you don't need to worry about that. He said, I got all of it once. 
takes a moment. Spiritual maturity takes a lifetime. We want the attitude of give it to me now. And patience. And we know that with maturity comes patience. Amen? Spiritual maturity takes a lifetime. to us the importance of not abandoning the early teachings. You know what? Some things I appreciate about some of these old songs. It verbalizes our faith, where we've been. It verbalizes our testimony of God's faithfulness. And it gives me reminders in my growing walk with God. So the writer tells us it's important not to abandon what we learned, but to move beyond. Move beyond our understanding of the faith. Grow up in our faith. And that's what faith promise week is going to be about. It's going to be about understanding our faith in a different way. Move beyond. Press on to maturity. Use life and whatever comes your way as a stepping stone. There's a lot of things that want to sidetrack us in our walk with God. There's a lot of mountains and there's a lot of valleys. And there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And a lot of unforgiveness. There's a lot of sin that gets us in the way of moving up with Christ. This writer this morning says, press on to maturity. And use whatever comes your way as a stepping stone. You know, it's been reported that Jesus didn't walk on the water, that he just had stones put in the right place on the Sea of Galilee and he walked. Do you know why? Who on the maturity? Jesus walked on the water. It didn't have nothing to do with the stones. But we use the things that happen in our life as stepping stones. I remember the days where I said I was a youth pastor. And I look back and I thought, I wish I would have learned something better back then. I wish I would have understood a lot more than what I understand today. Whatever comes away, press on to maturity. I'm going to grow. I'm going to use this as a stepping stone. Maturity says to move beyond. Don't lay new foundations. Don't find something new and grab a hold of it without understanding it. Don't throw away the bath with the bathwater. Don't throw away the bone. Don't buy me the dog without the bone. Something like that. Maturity says the whole honor will seem to the most precious and use it to grow. Maturity produces humility. We realize how much I don't know. I want to tell you this morning, I do not have all the answers to life. I wish I did. I, I, I love the gene for that. I, I don't have all the answers. But I know, I, I know the maturity is producing some in my life. I, I, I believe that maturity produces mentors. I want to put two 
He is the pastor of the first church of God that I ever went to. He knows me. Like I said, don't ask him any questions and he'll tell you the lies. Because he's one of my mentors. He's one that I've looked at, looked up to through the years. And he's one I've called on the phone many times. He's touched my life and spoke me during difficult times. Do you know there were three people in Paul's life that were very important to him? He had a Barnabas, an encourager. He had a Peter that would challenge him. He had a Timothy that he decided. And you know, those three people, as we mature and as we grow, we need to have those three types of people in our life. We need to have a mentor. Do you have somebody walking beside you, helping you understand? That's, that's why we have Bible studies in different ways. It's a mentoring event. We have a Barnabas. I hope this is, that we have a lot of Barnabases here that are encouraged. And then I hope you've got a Peter, somebody that will challenge you in your walk with God. Well, I want to skip to the last book where it says, Maturity comes when. You can find, yeah, there it is. Boy, she is good, isn't she? God's will. I don't know if that's God's will for my life. It's God's will. 
be perfect as I am perfect, Jesus said. This morning, as I conclude this morning, do you consider yourself to have obtained it all? Do you consider yourself to have obtained it all? This, I, I, I know less. Than, I, I know less than a tenth of what it is like. Did you know that? I know I've read it through several times, but there's so much more for me to learn. I learned from this sermon this morning. I learned from my preparation time this morning, this week. When I consider myself to a pain value, are we moving? with Christ? Are we maturing? And are we growing up in Christ and understanding the character of Christ? And this last portion of this third verse this morning says, let us press on to maturity and this we shall do. Is that your statement this morning?